0: there's this very conventional coaching wisdom where people say, you need to get off the tools, you know, like you shouldn't be on the tools, you should be running the business, you know, you should be doing all the high level stuff. But the thing is, that doesn't necessarily always serve people. And it definitely doesn't always serve creative people. Because the whole thing that got me into this business in the first place is the love of being on the tools, actually, the love of making films, if I didn't actually make films at all, if I wasn't involved in the making process at all, it would kind of defeat the purpose of going into this industry in the first place.
1: This is James Shramko. James Shramko here. Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 1011. Today we're chatting with Ryan Spanger, who uh, I've known for quite some time in the online space. It's great to have you here, Ryan, again.
0: Thanks, James. Good to be here.
1: Long, long, long time ago, we talked about video production. Of course, you're running this... uh, Website and business, dreamengine.com.au. You have a massive amount of expertise in videography, directing, filmmaking, etc. You've worked with big companies, little companies. In fact, I remember you came to my place in Manly and filmed for my live event. That was such an education for me to see how proper professional comes, you know, turn up with the suitcase and the makeup brush and setting up the you actually set up your camera and sound equipment and lighting in my apartment and showed me what was possible for me because I had no idea before that and I, I went on a, the next evolution of video production quality after that visit. So I have a lot of gratitude for how much you've helped me in this time we've known each other.
0: Well, also, that's great to hear. Well, I definitely, you know, I feel the same way and it's great, you know, when you have your own personal area that you go deep on for a long time you know, to be able to share that. And then and you gave me the opportunity to do that with your community as well and to presents on stage. And, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun teaching the thing that you love doing.
1: We're going to talk about that today. We'll talk about teaching and, and learning. One of the things that prompted this episode is we've got a scenario where you've been a member of my community for over a decade. And uh, of course, that's tremendous. I'm super excited that that's been possible. I'm, I'm learning a lot about my business as it evolves through each new era. You would have seen many iterations of my membership from when you started out. Maybe we'll wind the clock back and just talk about where did you first enter the world that I've created and, uh, and how did that happen?
0: Yeah, well, um, back in when was it probably around 2011, there was a and still is a very popular marketing podcast called Small Business Big Marketing that you were a guest on. And that was when I first came across you and you were talking about business in general and particularly online marketing. And I think it was a time where online marketing was still fairly new for traditional businesses. And um, the thing that really struck me was you sort of spoke with a lot of confidence, but it was a kind of like a quiet confidence and, and authority. And you kind of painted a bit of a picture of what it could be like for businesses like mine to be doing more stuff online. And I think not just me, but but a whole lot of people were quite excited by that. And, and I'm pretty sure you got a lot of good feedback. I think you might have come back on the show and ultimately, you know, created a podcast with Tim, which was really exactly about this. And um, I think it was just like perfect timing because. I could just see the possibilities of, I was already doing, you know, I had a website and and was doing, you know, certain things, but I could just see the potential of what I could do. And when you announced that there was going to be an event up in um, Caloundra, I just knew that I had to get there. And um, once I I went along to the event, then, um, you know, things just took off from there. But basically, you know, that was the entry and and, um, I can share a bit about that event if you like.
1: Please do. I mean, just uh, the funny thing is Caloundra is just down the road from me and Tim lives just down the road. He's even closer than Caloundra to me. I would have to drive past Tim's house to get to Caloundra. And you're right. Being a guest on that podcast was the first time I'd actually been on a podcast. And he approached me after the reaction and said, let's do a podcast. That's how Freedom Ocean was born. And then I retrospectively added this podcast to the Apple platform. And it pulled back my previous audio episodes that I'd recorded. So there's, there's a lot of history. I think I covered some of that in episode 1000. Yep. But um, please, let's talk about that event. Because I remember that it, went, it was called Fast Web Formula 3, FWF3. And there were some amazing things went on that, for me. But I wonder what it was like for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and just on that topic of, you know, when you look back and, and um, you trace that back. Sometimes I do that with clients that I have that I've had for many years. And it's often just been something, you know, I had no idea where things were going to lead to, you know, and that's a lot of what drives and informs what I do now. Even if it's a small job or a meeting, you just never know what that might actually lead to or through that, who you might meet, you know, through that. And, And that's why Like I'll never sort of say to myself, oh, this is just something small or this is just, you know, whatever, but always be open to the possibilities of where that might lead to. Because when you look at the big things in your life, it's often just something, you know, like random that, you know, you got an invitation to be on the podcast and then all these things kind of, you know, let off from it. But yeah, basically, I don't think I'd been to a um, internet marketing sort of event before. So this was pretty exciting for me. I got there, got to the hotel, beautiful weather, So I went for a swim and started chatting to this guy who turned out to be one of the presenters at the event, Ed O'Keefe, and we basically just hung out at the pool for about an hour, just talking about marketing, which was very inspiring and a very cool opportunity for me to be able to spend time with you know such an authority. And then at the event, it basically just blew my mind to be honest, because I was just being exposed to all these ideas that I hadn't really come across that much before. So there was like Mike Rhodes talking about pay-per-click, Jen Sheehan talking about social media marketing, Alexi talking about copywriting. There were just, you know, all these authorities just, um, and and I was just so open to taking it all in and just feeling so inspired. And I remember the sun comes up really early there and like, um, I would just wake up kind of so early, feeling very excited, go on these long kind of walks along the beach and think about everything that I'd learned, you know, during that time. But it basically just completely opened my mind. And through all of the speakers, including you, I was just kind of formulating a map of where my business could actually go. And then at the end of the event, Ed O'Keefe just gave this incredible presentation, which I think you saw in the States and brought him to you probably similarly kind of inspired. But it kind of brought everything together in terms of why, you know, why we run a business and family and ambition. And dreams and discipline and focus and um, just completely blew me away. And you've probably heard that feedback from from a few people as well. But coming away from the event, I basically just felt like I had a a very clear map of where I needed to take my business from there.
1: Isn't that nice? I I actually remember speaking to you at that event. You were inquiring about Silver Circle at the time. Ed O'Keefe What a humble guy. I mean, this guy, he was talking at that event about going to build out a massive supplement company in krill oil, which he did. And then uh, I think he sold. But anyway, he he just built it massive. He he was so talented. I'd never seen his presentation. I just met him at an event that I went to in the United States. And he was so low key and so caring and interested. And uh, he had a beginner mind he would ask me things as if i was the expert but in reality he was just a, a monster business guy and that's his approach and he said he'd be happy to come out and speak at my event and i really couldn't believe it but he did and he was amazing it's still a highlight presentation that a lot of people refer to actually and it's it's actually still in my membership as a recording a lot of that content stands today i actually was quoting one of Alexi's quotes from that presentation yesterday to someone I was walking to the surf with, who's you know, a client of mine, and that is test small, roll out big. And he was also talking at that event about using proof in your marketing. All of that stuff still works today. It's crazy how that stood up. But I do remember speaking to you, and I remember after that, you came on board my program and we started talking about your business and it went through a significant amount of change over those years, especially I remember things around team. I especially rem- remember the way that you set up things. I guess you were kind of the fulcrum for that whole business at, at one point and you had a revolving door of interns, which is I think how interns are supposed to work. So it's not a criticism. It was just an observation. And then you very fastidiously implemented all the things from the proposal discussions to building out SEO and restructuring your website. It's been fascinating to watch how methodical you are. You are a pretty low key guy, but such a good implementer and you've achieved these results. But I also remember we pushed up against, uh, we had a lot of mindset discussions around the way we think about things, finances and lifestyle and stuff. I know we'll get to it at some point later, some of the changes that happened to you through COVID, but I do remember those early days and i remember how good you were at following information
0: oh that's great to hear because you know i think basically um i um, like at the event afterwards you know caught your eye went over had a chat and you said i think you should apply for silver circle which i did and was accepted which was great and then off we went and i think the good thing was that i came in with an existing business that worked, that there you know, clearly was a demand for what I had to offer, but there were a number of gaps that I needed to fill and um, uh, get you know, more consistency into the business. And, and like you say, we were able to kind of look at the business together from a whole range of perspectives. And there was, I guess, a, a level that, you know, of kind of fear and uncertainty that was holding me back a little bit that um, you helped me to release. And so with, you know, staffing, for instance, I found that incredibly challenging at the time to take on full time staff. I kind of knew that, you know, this is what you need to do to grow the business. But at the same time, I was pretty concerned about it. But, you know, you helped kind of create that map for me. And I remember we are talking about staffing. And finally, I kind of decided, like I said to you, okay, James, I'm, I'm going to hire a full timer. And you said, I don't think you should do that. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? We just talked about this. And he said, I think you should hire two people. And, um, then of course that made complete sense because that was kind of one of the core teachings you know, that, that you shared with your students is not being single source dependent. But I had that kind of sense of confidence and encouragement from you to know that I could go ahead and, and do that. And when challenges came up, I could talk about it. And so I, I went ahead and, and, and did that, hired two team members. And that was just obviously a massive thing that you know transformed the business. And then that gave me space to work on, on other things, Mindset is something like you say, something that you picked up on was language, you know, and the way that language defines your thoughts and how you approach things. And that was something that I was like quite open to working on as well and starting to let go of some of the limitations or judgments and assumptions that I had. So I think for me, as a video production business and coming from like quite a creative background, when I first started the business, initially, the the challenge to overcome in my mind was that a creative video production business could grow into something successful. And then over time, it was releasing the limitations of how large you know, this could actually be and, and who I could help and, and that sort of thing. And um, I think this is actually the core of coaching or mentoring is having someone who, for a time at least, believes in you even more than you believe in yourself. And I, well, I guess another way of saying that is can see more potential in you than you can in yourself for that time and then you catch up but that was the experience of working together with you as my coach was that there was never any sense or message from you that there were limitations that needed to be placed and, and that was very freeing and, and, and the business really started to grow quite quickly from there
1: i think you're perfectly describing a tool that i found in 1995 called the Johari window i took over a desk from a guy called gary who had left the dealership. When I started, there was this training manual and in, the, in one of the pages was a Johari window, but it's four quadrants. And it's the quadrant of what you know and I know, like we both know we're here right now on a call. There's the quadrant of stuff that you know that I don't know, which is a lot of things about gravel bikes and bicycle riding and fitness, etc. And then there's the quadrant of stuff that neither of us know, you know, are there aliens, et cetera. But the one that's really valuable as a coach for me is the quadrant where I know stuff that you don't know. But I come with the confidence of seeing this pattern play out so many times, like I had hired so many people in the dealership, that for me, it's a walk in the park. For you, it's very, very frightening and uh, difficult. However, when I can bring that confidence and I can see the future version of you more clearly than you can, I'm not worried about it. And when you detect that, I think it's like parenting with kids. You know how they, the kids cry because they know their parents' upset, they just pick it all up. You know, and new parents should definitely be aware of this, that you're setting the tone for your child, even if you're not saying the words. they pick it up. I feel like if you pick up that confidence from, from your guide that it's going to be okay, like the Sherpa taking the guide to the top of Mount Everest, you can really lean into it, and that's what you did. You leaned in, and you pushed through barriers. I love seeing you. It's not like you are timid or placid. You've, you've been on adventures around the world with a backpack. So the more I learned about you, the more I realized how much potential there was for you to lean into. And you actually taught me a valuable lesson that I've carried for a decade now. And that is where the student is such an expert at a creative field, their biggest fear is getting off the tools. And if you're making films, you might say, well, I don't want to hire someone to make the films because that's what I do. And I say that's okay. But please have someone come and pack your suitcase and do the checklist and ship the equipment or get there and set up before you arrive and then you can just <laughs> roll in and you know have someone else write the scripts or edit the videos etc but you just do the bit you want to do. If you want to do it, do it. But don't have to do the bookkeeping. You don't have to tinker around with your website. And so I've often bumped into someone saying, oh, but I'm a creative artist. You know, this is what I do. I'm like, great, just do that, but don't do anything else. It's exactly what I do, by the way, is I'm the one who shows up to my podcast and I'm the one who answers the coaching questions and facilitates mentor calls, but I don't do anything else. I don't edit the podcast. I don't publish it. I'm not building links. I'm, I'm not doing my bookkeeping, etc. Someone else is doing all of those things. So it was a great lesson for me too with that challenge that you brought to the table. But you had the best scenario I could hope for, a really, really high-level quality product that people want. And then all we had to do is remove the friction for letting it grow to where it's supposed to be by smashing down mental barriers, by introducing new ideas or concepts that were completely unknown prior. And hopefully you got a result, Ryan. That's probably something important to talk about. Did, you, did you improve over the
0: 10 years? Absolutely, yeah. It Just kept on improving. So all of this work that I was putting in was, you know, changing the business gently over time, you know, which is the way that I like to operate. So there was kind of initially, you know, like you said to me, you can let your foot off the brake a bit. And we would, you know, often talk in metaphors like that. And I think, you know, car metaphors would like just naturally appeal to you. But that's, I think, what I started to do because I had some kind of level of caution, you know, and as more success came, you encouraged me to lock in that success, mm. you know, that every time I achieve something to really absorb that and embrace it. And then each next thing that I approached, it would be with that previous track record, which would just increase my confidence of knowing, well, you know, I've succeeded in this and this and this, and so I'm quite likely to succeed in the next thing. And so, Yeah, so the the business grew, and I was able to focus more on what I wanted to do. And I think that, um, you know, like you say, it's about doing the things that you want to do. Because there's this very conventional coaching wisdom where people say, you need to get off the tools, you know, like, you shouldn't be on the tools, you should be running the business, you know, you should be doing all the high level stuff. But the thing is, that doesn't necessarily always serve people and it definitely doesn't always serve creative people because the whole thing that got me into this business in the first place is the love of being on the tools, actually, the love of making films. If I didn't actually make films at all, if I wasn't involved in the making process at all, it would kind of defeat the purpose of going into this industry in the first place. You know, like there's probably easier industries to be successful. This is, um, it is a challenging industry. So what I, I found that I could really do the things that I wanted to. I could pick and choose the projects that I wanted to be involved in. I could shoot the jobs that I wanted to. Um, I found that editing for me wasn't a good use of my time, so I got out of that. But I was much more able to do things on my own terms. And that was a great you know, place to get to because I was able to go beyond that idea of I'm not going to be successful until I you know, never touch a camera again, which took me a while to realize, well, I wouldn't be very happy if that was the case.
1: It's kind of like the lottery test, you know, or or I just saw a a guy I know who just sold his business for $110 million. I guarantee you this guy's going to be doing a project very quickly, straight after. And so it's like if someone deposited $100 million into your bank account, I'm willing to bet that you're still going to ride bicycles and make films, (laughs) right? Because that's one of the mental exercises, that gymnastics of future pacing possible scenarios. So I'm doing that on behalf of whoever I'm helping. Is think about, it's like you said before, you know, car metaphors suit me, but often I'm making a metaphor that suits my customer. I'd try and make a bicycle metaphor for you if I know you're really interested in bicycles. And I learned that from my jockey client, the bed salesman. He'd find out what someone does and he'd make a metaphor that's from their world, which was it's such a great coaching technique because it has to be relevant. And that's the other thing I I'm not running around overlaying my needs and my goals onto my clients. They've already got enough of that crap from their parents or their peer group. I'm peeling off all the goals and inputs that other people have placed there, often probably before they were five years old that they've just learned. You know, for example, if you're a child, you're going to be indoctrinated into the language that your parents speak. You're probably going to be indoctrinated into the religion. And you're going to be indoctrinated into the culture, the type of food you eat, the way people do things where you live. So we peel some of that back. And I like to find out what they want. And that's why you taught me such a valuable lesson, because you said, well, I don't want to get off the tools. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. I get that. So how do we engineer a result that's good for you? Now, I've seen you evolve that to the point where... I remember there were some discussions around office, getting a bigger office, smaller office, where to be. And I think you've got to a point where you had a bit of a remote setup during COVID. Do you want to talk about that?
0: Uh, Yeah, well, um, I think, you know, when we first started talking together, then you posed the idea of, do you need to work from an office? Should you work from an office? I found at the time, because my kids were a lot younger, having somewhere to go away from home, just, you know, Gave me a place where I, I found I could work in like a much more focused sort of way, and then over time I started to not enjoy being in the office so much. And again, it was a bit of a mental kind of journey for me to go through these ideas of is it okay for me to not turn up to the office every day with my team being there every day? And um, it took me a while to kind of, in some way, kind of justify that to myself, you know. And I, I suppose over time I'm developing the ability to just shortcut that process, but it actually took quite a while just, you know, to be able to say, is it right? Is it fair? You have to really really think about that. And I think, you know, when COVID happened, and this happened for a lot of people, not allowed to go into the office anymore. And um, then it made it a lot easier to make that jump. And so I'm now here, I've built this office, you know, in my garden. It's a beautiful spot. I've got a a beautiful garden. I can be incredibly focused over here and, and really control this space. I'm doing more and more things you know, with with video and I've got quite a, a video set up, you know, around me here so I'm, I'm able to kind of create videos for clients or content and that kind of thing. And so I found for me personally the best of both worlds is that the business has a physical office that I can come and go to as I need to and then I've got this, you know, personal office here and that works really well for me. It's
1: amazing. Yeah. I remember when you came out to film my event, we went out on location around the, the suburb and we filmed the little snippets that we needed for the various emails that went out as part of that campaign. I loved how organised you were and how it all made sense. And We just joined them up with emails. And when a a client of mine asked me, uh, they're a videographer, and they're like, who can I learn from about the video business side of it? I suggested they get in touch with you. And I'm thrilled to hear that you're now coaching other people in this uh, running a, a video business side of things. Is that right?
0: That's correct. I found over the last few years that I've had people from the industry contact me, and ask me to assist them, ask me you know to do coaching or or some consulting or helping with systems and that kind of thing. And um, I'm finding that it's great for me to be able to now kind of you know take all that knowledge that I've got you know myself and to be able to share that. I sort of feel like this next stage of my life, while I'm still like very committed to running my production company and um, making great films. I feel like that's something that's going to be very meaningful for me. I think meaningful for the people that I work for and hopefully make some type of impact or legacy, you know, on the industry itself. So yeah, like I'm in the, um, in the early stages of, of that now. So it's been an interesting journey to go from, you know, many years of, of being coached. And, and now, I guess it's like a natural evolution to, you know, start to take that kind of level of authority and um, continue to pass the knowledge down?
1: For me, it's one of the things I can feel good about. I've seen, because I've been doing it for a while now, I've seen a lot of people I've coached become coaches, like Ezra Firestone, for example. He puts out stuff on things that we talked about 10 years ago or or longer. And Chandler Bolt, and lots of them are, are out there, authorities in their field, and it feels good to see that, you know, the student can become the master in a way. And if they can even transcend me, that's a better reflection on my abilities and talents in a way. But I'm wondering, I bet you're getting some really interesting insights. I'll give you an example of this. One is when I was a salesperson, there was uh, I think about 11 of us competing with each other. And then my sales manager fell down some stairs and broke his leg and was out of action for about six weeks. And the guy running the dealership said to me, you're going to be the sales manager while he's away. And it was only at that moment that I realized what the other salespeople were doing. And I was kind of absolutely shocked. Some of them didn't know anything about the product. Some of them couldn't price up contracts accurately. Other ones would miss appointments. Um, I just, none of this was familiar to me because I was, at that time, I was the number one in the country. When the veil was lifted, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what they're doing? I imagine you wade into production companies and see the way people are doing things and it's probably very different than the way you're doing it. What have been some of the surprises to you as you switch roles and you're now helping someone else?
0: I think just how tactical people often are, like short-term and tactical, like really fixated on solving immediate problems rather than just being able to step back and work on the system, you know, like... I guess, you know, like I've got into uh, recently working with a personal trainer and starting to address, you know, over time, just like muscle, you know, imbalances, flexibility, you know, bone strength, all the sort of stuff that's going to carry me through, you know, as I get older, like this is actually the really important stuff. But what I tended to do with my fitness and sport and cycling and all that kind of thing is I was very kind of fixated on short term stuff, you know, like increasing my fitness Reducing times on particular segments, that kind of thing. But I'm finding if I can like exercise the patience to actually step back and focus on building the systems, working on mindset, a lot of stuff that we did together. Those benefits flow. It it might you know it's not necessarily going to happen next week or that sort of thing. But yeah, just a lot of fixation on short term tactical sort of things. And then probably another challenge I think, particularly in the in the creative industry, or it might be businesses in general, is wanting to create an aura or an image of success, whether it's success to yourself, your family, your clients, but in some ways being more fixated on kind of creating an illusion or a picture, you know, rather than the the actual kind of success itself. So I guess it's it's about, you know, really being honest with yourself and like clearly defining it and um, getting that feeling of success from yourself rather than from feedback from Your community, whether it's about you know the office that you have or the post you put out on social media, because it's kind of so easy to cultivate that illusion rather than really getting back to basics.
1: It's so cool. I mean, that's what appealed to me about Ed O'Keefe. It's what appeals to me about you. You've always been humble. You pop up in the community occasionally, answer someone's post very thoughtfully, and they would have no idea you know how successful you are. But you're not there to show them how successful you are. You're there to Help them. And in the process of helping, what I found is you you actually learn. I've learned from all of my students. Uh, I've learned from anyone I come into contact with. They've always got a lesson. In fact, the guy walking beside me yesterday to the, the surf break was a fitness trainer and he told me two things that were interesting. One is he won't let his students do the gym more than three days a week and he won't let them lose more than half a kilogram a week. So he's absolutely focused on the long goal. He'll stretch into the future and he'll make it so easy for them they hardly even notice it rather than having some aggressive short-term. It's absolutely, it is a, um, it's a pandemic in the online business for sure, people obsessing on getting that next customer or putting up that fire, the emergency. And as you know from our training, like we had a massive focus on no compromise and, and lack of drama. In fact, one of our success metrics is if you come to a call during the week and you don't have anything particularly urgent that you need help with, then that's actually a sign that we're doing things right. We've, we've headed off these dramas before they ever happen, which is great. And I remember the four stages of fire. Like stage one is a kid grabs a box of matches. Stage two is they start striking them and one of them just starts. And the stage three is it's really starting to take. And stage four is the house is pretty much a complete bonfire. Right, right. If we remove the matches from the cupboard and the kid can't find them in the first place, problem solved. So I'm really excited for what's going to happen in the future. I believe at the moment, if someone wants help from you, they just reach out to you at dreamengine.com.au.
0: Correct. Yeah, that's right. That's the best place to find me because you'll find a whole lot of content there of um, not just examples of, of the work that I do, but there's also a lot of resources there on filmmaking and video whether it's for a business who wants to create a promotional video, or if you're just wanting to learn more about video to do some of the stuff yourself, there's a lot of content there.
1: And I appreciate it. And our old podcasts, I think will still stand the test of time and you know, the key lighting and the, whatever. I remember there was a whole time we were talking about if you can film with your iPhone and stuff. And we were talking about how it might need to go more professional. There's been a few evolutions in video creation and platforms for sharing and these days, but I just want to say thanks for for coming onto this podcast episode to update us with how things are going, for continually sharing to our community. For being a great role model and an example of what we can do together over a decade in um, the various programs that I've had and and for you to still be there is um, amazing and I appreciate it. And also for anyone looking to get help with uh, the video production side of things, Ryan is the gold standard seriously the gold standard of anyone that i've come into contact with standing the test of time and and i've directly been involved with the process and seen the results from the promotion of the event and and learnt a heck of a lot of stuff so thank you for all your wisdom and uh and for continually being there in this it's been incredible
0: well thank you james and i'm very grateful to you like i'm very grateful that i um came across you i'm glad that i took the initiative and. Um, Went to your event and spoke to you afterwards, and um, everything that I've that I've learned from you and that we've worked on together has changed my life and changed my business. And now, you know, over ten years later, I'm continuing because you keep evolving and you keep on, like you're saying, learning from other people and bringing in new ideas. So, kind of, you know, as I'm growing and and changing, you know, you are as well. So there's you're constantly kind of like finessing and and bringing in, in new ideas, and and I think that's why. So many people in the community are here for so long because we're all growing and learning together and continuing to learn from you. So, thank you so much.
1: Oh, that's nice. You know, one thing I've committed myself to do is to go through all of my frameworks, checklists, my life sheet, my old trainings, and condense them down into the shortest, most relevant playbook and to keep them updated. And that's been working great. That's the single biggest innovation of my community now. I think just the playbooks alone is going to be a good reason for people to stay tuned because I'm continually learning. And also I'm exposed to what's working for different businesses. And lately, the mentor level, which kind of replaced Silver Circle with the weekly group calls, same call slot that I've been running for 13 years, it's just powering. So we have such a good community. You're a a great asset to our community. And uh, yeah, look forward to catching up on the next podcast, Ryan.
0: Cool. Thanks, James. Love that. So we'll
1: put this episode up at uh, 1,011. We'll put a link to Ryan's website, dreamengine.com.au, and some show notes summarising what we've talked about. This is James Schramko.